0: it's show 39 of the rim pro report this week will scott of legalbloss we'll also cover the news and you know all of it's going to be good but before we get into the show i want to share my gratefulness for the sponsorship provided by o'neill software if you were at prison last week you no doubt ran into many of the o'neill team bottom line the staff at o'neill are committed to your success Their salespeople, their management team, the technical support group, customer service people, and the R&D group. Man, they're making things happen to support your RIM service business. So uh, you should know about them. Check them out yourself at O'NeillSoft.com. Alrighty, I am excited. This is going to be a great show. So
1: here we go. Welcome to the RIM Pro Reports. The one and only weekly broadcast for the REM support services industry. Bustling with news. Views. Here's what I believe. And the latest updates. That's just him. This show is full of interesting information. Stories. Yes! Important product and service reviews. Yes! And a cast of industry characters included. Yes. <laughs> Record center operators. Shred and destruction vendors. Media and electronic vaulters. Scanners and imaging providers. Take note. This show is for you. Now here's your host, Tom Adams.
0: Yes, it's me. It's uh well it's it's the week after the Miami Prism International Conference, and I gotta say I had a great week. It was good to catch up with everyone who was there, so uh good to see all of you that were there and if you weren't there I'm sorry I missed you it, there was just such a cool energy in the group this year or in the conference and it's definitely a great sign in the industry the m a group was out the the people that are buying they were all very evident and overt there but I think what's so cool about it is there's just this this really cool energy that's happening in our our extended industry right now with not only with what's happening in terms of the legal and compliant issues, the evolution of what's happening in our business just continues to be really exciting. And I think with the economic uh, outlook, uh, at least what we can see in our industry, Uh, there seemed to be a really positive result to that. So one of the big highlights for me of the conference was the presence of the Latin American contingent. More than 60 Spanish-speaking attendees uh, participated in a pre-conference Spanish day organized by Victor Hernandez. Uh, He's from Safe Data Resources in Mexico. He's also on the PRISM board. And Victor is a a standout of a guy. I'm just blown away by what a cool guy he is. And, you know, I I met this other wonderful lady. Her name's Lulu Salva. Lazar and uh, an amazing woman. She runs a business in Mexico named Pay Per Box, which is quite interesting. It's similar to Pay Per Click, uh, but Pay Per Box. Such a sweet and humble lady I found her to be. And, you know, here's this wonderful lady acting like she was just getting her business going and uh, acted very humble in comparison to those she is meeting in the North American group or or others at this conference. But after more conversation, I actually discovered she employs 200 people in her records business. So how cool is that? There's so many cool things going on in the extended world uh, and, and I think sometimes it's easy to get focused on the North American presence, but so many amazing things going on internationally in, in our industry that are great stories. So I'm going to try and have uh, Lula on in a few weeks if I can arrange it with her, but she's got an amazing story about how she's built her business. And, you know, uh, lots of cool news from the conference and since the conference, and that will take some time to go into. So that's going to be up first. And as I said, there's lots of it. And then I'm really excited about this. a special guest today on the show, Will Scott. He's run a couple of record centers in the Cincinnati area, and I've known Will for a few years now, seeing him and meeting him and, and conversing with him at the conferences. But I am really excited today to talk about him and his new venture, Bleagal Bloss, which in my opinion was the standout new product of the Prism show. Uh, they were sort of stuck in the very back corner of the, the, um, the trade show area. But, man, they were flying and humming, and, and they, they just have such cool stuff going on. And rather than jump into it too deeply, uh, I'm going um, to call Will in a few minutes here on the show and, and talk to him about Blegal Bloss, even what that means, Blegal Bloss, and talk to him about what they're doing. I'm a little disappointed that we've got no drop-in guests in the studio today. Rumor has it that Barbara Streisand wanted to be in today, but she was a no-show. Apparently, she and and uh, she's having problems at you know her place up in you know California, and so okay, well she'll come again. And you know Steven Tyler keeps calling me and begging me to do the show to sort of help promote his new book, but Idol is keeping him occupied. So looks like that's not going to happen especially because this is a Thursday and you know they're getting right near the end of American Idol so okay so he can't come next week though it looks like and we're still arranging it with all the people you know all the people and the the people who do all this kind of stuff um Wow. We have an exciting visitor probably coming next week to the studio, but it's all hush hush, you know how stars can be. They don't want to know in advance, and you know with the studio here now being a favorite hangout for paparazzi, they they kind of hang out around the windows. We got to keep the windows closed because everyone's hoping to catch a glimpse of all the celebrities who stop by the Rim Pro Report. But we're not going to deal with any of that this week. We're going to go right into the news because there's some good stuff coming. So uh, give me a second. I'm going to pull the news clips are out, and uh, we'll go to that immediately. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is a good one. Lots of good stuff going on. I don't know if it's related to the PRISM conference. I doubt it, but man, lots of stuff going on. So Tuesday this week, Iron announced that it has sold its digital business to Autonomy Corporation. This includes Iron Mountain's archiving, EDF discovery, online backup and recovery solutions. Uh, This specifically includes the following things. Nearpoint, uh, their Nearpoint product, their compliant message archiving, their virtual file store, their Enterprise Discovery Suite, Live Vault server backup, and Connected, the backup for PCs and Macs for a- Enterprise. The agreement does not officially include Iron Mountain's technology escrow business or the company's digital record center for images or medical image archives. So uh, that happened Tuesday this week, that announcement for i don't know 380 million i think it was uh my question is whose autonomy Uh, So Autonomy was founded in 1996 and utilized a unique combination of technologies born out of research at Cambridge University. And Autonomy has has actually been a a significant, um, almost meteoric rise in terms of their growth. The company currently has a market cap of $7 billion, is the second largest pure software company in Europe and has offices worldwide. Autonomy is a global leader in infrastructure software for the enterprise that helps organizations to derive meaning and value from their information. Boy, does that ever sound like a, a marketing speak or PR speak, as well as mitigate the risk associated with those same assets. So it looks like it, it was a logical fit for them to take over the IM digital business. Uh, and they're a really solid company based on anything I've seen and looked at from Gardner, Forrester Research, and all the big names who follow this stuff. So, well, that's uh, great, great news, I guess, for IRON. Uh, But interestingly enough, in the same sort of breath not the same day, a little bit earlier, Iron Mountain announced the acquisition of three regional record centers. DataSafe LLC uh, in Virginia, uh, that's Dave Remus's company, has been purchased by Iron. Uh, The hard copy storage division of Document Systems, Inc. in Greenville, South Carolina, and the Sacramento and Seattle locations of Tab Products Company they specifically their record storage services. None of the uh, financial terms of the deals were disclosed. Uh, we haven't seen an Iron Mountain, uh, at least a North American acquisition, for a little bit of time, so this is interesting news, and especially in light of the digital sale. So it seems to me like uh, Richard Reese is coming back on board and and doing some cool stuff there at Iron Mountain, and it's always interesting to watch. Well, they're not the only ones buying. Cornerstone Records Management announced uh, from their Columbia, Maryland headquarters that they've completed the acquisition of the record storage company Millennium Storage and Transfer based in North Bergen, New Jersey. Uh, According to the press release from Cornerstone announcing this acquisition, uh, Millennium does a lot of work in the New York City Metro and New Jersey markets. So this is the 14th acquisition Cornerstone has made since 2008. And not to be outdone, uh, Access Information Management announced the expansion of their business operations in the U.S. Southwest and Midwest with the acquisition of DocuSafe of Phoenix and DocuSafe of Madison. Uh, they've already got a location in Madison, so they're they're adding to their significant presence there. And it uh, looks like the Phoenix acquisition of the DocuSafe uh, branch in Phoenix increases their Western footprint. And so way to go access. Shredrite, here's another one. Shredrite based in St. Paul, Minnesota. And uh, Jim Barron is a, a well-known person in the Nade industry. It uh, looks like they've um, purchased Elite Shredding, uh, merging those operations under the Shredrite brand. The acquisition was completed late April, and with the addition of Elite's uh, destruction vehicle, Shredrite now operates 14 Shred trucks and services Minnesota, Western Wisconsin, Northern Iowa, and the Eastern Dakotas. Wow, lots going on there. Uh, Recall has just opened a huge 3,000-square-meter full-service information management center in Haywood, Manchester. Uh, The facility reflects Recall's growing presence in the U.K. and its support of the banking, financial, legal, professional services, retail, and healthcare industries. So good things happening for Recall in the U.K. Hey, this is interesting. Patterson Pope, which is a leading provider of records management products and storage systems, is officially filling its growing, or filing its growing, (laughs) that's cool, officially filing its growing document management services under a brand new name and division. So this is going to now be called File Solve. The division will continue to provide storage of both physical and digital files, secure document scanning and shredding services, imaging, workflow, and tracking uh, related services. They also do file moves and conversions. Uh, President Denny Hammock of Patterson-Pope says they have been building a significant amount of business around document management services for around 10 years. So it just made sense for them at this time to sort of build a unique part of their business and give it its own brand name. Uh, FileSolve will be based in Charlotte, North Carolina with operations centers there also in Roanoke and Orlando, and they're also going to add 10 sales, or they already have 10 sales offices across the southeast. Southeast Filesolve will serve companies in Carolinas, Florida, Virginia, and typically do that within 90 miles of the facilities. The division already has 90 employees, all of whom were just sort of moved over into the new company from Patterson Pope and the company expects to roll out additional file solve operation centers in all of its locations over the next year. So in addition to Charlotte, Roanoke and Orlando, Patterson Pope has facilities in Raleigh, Greensboro, Charleston, Greenville, South Carolina, Jacksonville, Tallahassee, Miami, Tampa, Fort Myers and Palm Beach County, Florida. So, wow, uh, they're making a significant, uh, I think a significant play there. Cornerstone Records Management we've already talked about them already but their president and CEO Steve Sisney was named the Ernst Young Entrepreneur of the Year for 2011 actually not named the entrepreneur he was a he is, is an official finalist for the Entrepreneur of the Year in 2011 in Maryland so congratulations to Steve on that and you know, wow, man, I, I feel like I could go on and on, but uh, I got a great interview I want to get on the horn with, uh, with now with Will Scott. So I don't want to go on too long. So that's it for the news. As always, if you've got cool stuff going on in your world, please let me know. I'd glad to, glad to pass it on the show. So give me a second here. I am going to get my good friend Will Scott on the phone and see what's happening at Bleagle Bloss. <laughs> I am pleased to have William Scott, president and CEO of Bleagle Bloss, which is located in Cincinnati on the line. Will, are you there?
2: Yes, I am, Tom. Great hearing from you.
0: Oh, man, it's good to have you on the call today. So I have to ask you, what is Bleagle Bloss? What is it?
2: (laughs) What is the name? Well,
0: yeah, let's start with that because the name just, you know, the name is so cool that I I can't figure it out.
2: Well, the name is kind of unique. It's kind of a strange story, but... uh... I have a daughter, and um, she's 16 now, but uh, when she was about a year and a half old, she started talking a little bit. Yeah. One of the first unusual words that she would repeat over and over again when she was kind of happy was this word, which I translated to Bloss. and she said it, you know, a thousand times a week, so I wrote it down in a little book of mine and kept it in the back of my mind here, but uh, uh, the name came from my daughter, my year and a half-old daughter. Yeah. That's uh, that's how we came up with Google Bloss, and the cool thing about it was you're looking for names for a business that uh, that don't exist or that's, uh, that that uh, you know, people can't compete with, and that word didn't exist in the, in the in the English language, so it made it pretty easy.
0: Right, and you could have spent you know a million or more dollars getting that from some really you know really high end naming company, but why do that? Use your daughter instead. Give her the millions. <laughs>
2: what I figured
0: okay so let's actually talk about Bleagle Bloss the business because the name is so cool what's the business you, you launched this last week at prism and I thought you were the best thing at the show the best new thing at the show uh, I thought it was fabulous so uh, for those who didn't have the opportunity to either see you or be at prism tell me what Bleagle Bloss is all about well
2: uh, Bleagle Bloss is a innovation company innovation technology company uh, the center around a few things. One is the ergonomics, um, the environment, and economics of human function, and what our goal is is to apply it to uh, lots and lots of verticals. Yeah. The one that we applied it to most recently is the uh, record storage business and um, you know containers, and uh, come up with some very what we think are innovative um, boxes and containers and service models yeah. for the. Uh, you know for document for document document destruction
0: so okay, so let let's let's start why did you start in the the record storage and the shredding industry i I would assume it's because of your connection to this industry
2: absolutely i I've been in the industry since two thousand and three, uh, and I think I have a little familiarity uh, having owned a couple of record centers, so I felt uh, I have a little knowledge with it uh, actually, I think a lot of knowledge yeah. with it. Met lots of friends, and uh, I got a chance to see all the fantastic things about our industry and the tools that we use and the processes we use, and some of the things were, were not so fun. So I, I use that as a uh, platform to develop better tools, services, and technology.
0: So you said you've owned a couple of records. Do you still own a record center?
2: Yes, I still own Evolve Re- Information Management in uh, Cincinnati and Kentucky
0: evolved okay evolved evolved okay so evolved is sort of the, the the breeding ground for this belief that you can build a better box so so when did this whole concept of ergonomics and and the e3 concept you just described economics and ergonomics and and what was the third one
2: uh, economics, ergonomics, and the environment.
0: Environment. So when environment. did these two start blending for you? You, you know, you're, you're carrying boxes around or you're watching your, your staff carry boxes around. When did something in your head go, we got to build a better box? What, what was the genesis of that idea?
2: Well, I always believed that uh, over the years that we needed to build, build a better box. And I kicked around some ideas, but really didn't have the solution. About uh, a year ago, I took a different premise. And the premise was I started looking at this from a different angle, and the angle I looked at it from was the view of the user versus the content. And for almost 100 years now, all boxes have been designed about content, and not a whole lot about the users. Right. So when I took that perspective, all of a sudden, my eyes get really wide, and I had one of those moments, you know, not one of those senior moments, but I (laughs) had one of those good moments, where... uh, uh, you, you have this flow of ideas. Everything looks very different, and everything looked very, very different. It looked very wrong at that time, mm-hmm. and the creative juices started flowing, and uh, lo and behold, we came up with the, uh, our patent-pending grip process, which really takes in consideration the human form, uh, uh, how we hold boxes, how we move them around, how we grip them, and things like that.
0: So you this this concept starts emerging in your head. I assume that comes a little bit from your civil engineering background.
2: Yeah, I, I went to school to try to be a civil engineer, and uh, uh, you know I started drawing and writing and testing. Yeah, you know, and at some point I had to validate uh, some of my premises, so I uh, contacted a good friend and now partner, uh, Bob Mangine, who is a uh, uh, Charge of uh, rehabilitation for a couple of entities, and he validated a lot of the the, um, the premises that I that I put forth and the products and services that we we have today that we developed.
0: Well, the so the, the the story emerges out of this the this taking a look from a different perspective, and you develop these unique handholds, and I actually held those things and man they're really cool because your hand just naturally holds those boxes in a in a perfectly cool way but but for people who who can't see it and can't even imagine it give just a a verbal picture of what this hand grip does and what its its intent is
2: well it's more than just a handhold it's a system so okay. uh, before I talk about the handhold, if you take a standard box, it has a universal handle like every other box does in the middle, of the, in the centered in the middle of the box, yeah. up towards where the lid would be. Yeah. Uh, the challenge with that is that if you held a box between your legs, you know, with the handles on either side of your body, you know, it might work pretty well. But we don't. We hold boxes in front of our bodies. Right. And the challenge with that is that when you hold a box in front of your body. Uh, that angle is about a 15 degree away from your body. When you add 25 or 30 pounds to it, all of a sudden your body goes to an unnatural mode, which is a mode where your, your weight is on the balls of your feet. Right. When your weight moves to the balls of your feet, it engages your back in places where you don't want it to be engaged either. It causes pain and stress and things like that. Yeah. That's one of the first things we, we did was move our handles Away from the body, which means that the weight of the box is going to naturally shift towards the body, which puts your weight closer to your heels, which is a more natural position, and more, a more feel-good position for anybody handling a box. The second thing were the handles. The handles themselves are angled you know, anywhere between 15 to 18 degrees uh, to mimic how the box is being held away from the body. Right. The next thing is the grip itself is also shaped in the curvature of the human hand. Uh, You know, and uh, it's an arguable number, but but, uh, for the most part, when you hold a box in a universal fashion, a great amount of weight is transferred to the index finger. so the index finger, because of the angling of the lack of angle with the box and the pressure put on it, the index finger holds a lot of weight. Our handle actually spreads the weight across all four fingers that hold the box, which is very cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah, very cool.
2: And, and so the net result of all that is that you have a box that's better for your back, uh, easier to hold. You can hold it for a longer period of time because the weight is just distributed all across the entire hand. Wow!
0: So you you've taken that that grip technology and that um, that yeah grip technology and and then you've now expanded that into more than just a records box. Though you're you're doing really cool stuff in a whole bunch of different areas.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. We have we we have it applied to the the file boxes, which is a great thing. Yeah. But there are other areas too, like for instance, document destruction. Yeah. Which is a a big area. We I think we changed the model greatly for document destruction, and you know we handle thousands of services per week with uh, containers that have bags inside of them.
0: You're talking you know, at your do, record center or your shredding. Right at the record center, yeah. right? Right. Okay.
2: And lots of other guys and girls do too. Yeah. You know, but the, you're familiar with the consoles, the consoles with the yeah. little door and the yep. bag inside, and you put the piece of paper in.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, those consoles have bags inside of them, and those bags can weigh, you know, 80 to 100 pounds.
0: Oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're brutal. Squirly to work with. Brutal, yeah.
1: Yeah,
2: real squirrely to work with. So we've applied the same technology there to where uh, we've made ergonomic handles, and we've actually used corrugated material and divided the container in half so that – You know, no box inside of it is going to weigh more than 40 or so pounds, which uh, it's a lot easier to handle with the ergonomic grips. We don't have any kneeling involved anymore in those bags. You have to unhook all the hooks inside of them, kneel down, and and do all that sort of nasty work. Well, ours, you don't have to do that anymore, which is less stress on your back and certainly a lot less stress on your knees, which is a, a big, big deal. Well, See, and you it, have Tom, it seems. Gone, I'm sorry.
0: It seems to me that that not only like if if the operator who is collecting those bags doesn't have to kneel down, doesn't have to to uh, bend over and do all that stuff, the the time savings on switching out those cons or those those uh, containers is going to be significantly less, is it not?
2: Yes, it is. It's wild. When you run the numbers. If you take a a record center or a document destruction center that's doing a thousand services a week. Yeah. yeah so 1,000, Every thousand services you do. Yeah. And let's say for our argument's sake you're paying someone $15 an hour. That record center would save $8,300 a year in labor by converting from the bags to a system like I've developed. But the main reason is that it takes a little more than a minute, about a minute and four seconds we've averaged to service a bag properly. And about 24 seconds to service what I call the twins—the two containers that fit inside of uh, the replacement containers that fit inside the console. So when you apply all that, not only is it better for the employee in that company, but now it is much better for the record center owner at the same time too.
0: Oh yeah. Wow. So uh, almost a, you know, a well significant savings. You're saving more than. Oh, what is that, 60, 30, 40 seconds almost per, per, um, per bin tip, we'd call it.
2: Per bin tip, right.
0: Wow, that's so, significant. In a
2: case of a real-life example is we use them in, in our facilities, and uh, we've experienced where a guy may be, may be servicing 80 or so containers in a day. Now the guy can do close to 110 in the same amount of time. So for me, you know, the guys are less fatigued, but I'm also saving a lot of money. Yeah,
1: and, and it, more productive.
0: And it would seem to me that you could then have a more diverse audio. I mean, staff person because the those bags sometimes are difficult for everyone to carry. And I'm I'm not pointing women out, but you know it's difficult sometimes for for a, a smaller uh, woman to actually carry that kind of weight, the eighty pounds out of a bag. But the the forty with the grip seemed to me like it's forty pounds in in one of your twins seems to work is something they could probably do a lot easier.
2: Tommy, hit the nail on the head there. And you're right, just to say it the way it is. And The reality is it's, it's tough for guys. When you guy oh, yeah. listing uh, 80 or 100 it. of those a day, it's tough.
0: I can't do that.
2: Yeah, it's very tough. But now it gives you know, record centers and document destruction companies a chance to diversify the workforce and not have to worry about potential as many, I guess, potential claims and the like, because the worst-case scenario is now That worker is only going to lift 40 or 45 pounds as opposed to 80 pounds, or 100 pounds as before.
0: Oh, very cool. So are are these twins, do they work in anybody's console, or are they specific to a console?
2: The twins are specific to a console because they're all designed differently, but we have it for all the major manufacturers.
0: Really? Okay. Mm -hmm. Cool. So record storage shred console options, but you're, you you I mean you're thinking bigger than this. You you've even got um, you've got uh, recycling containers and all that. Tell me a little bit more about some of the other products
2: you've got. Yeah, what I tried to do is provide a means for record uh, center owners, document destruction companies to provide more ROI to their business. So okay, that's, that's the perspective I came looking at this from. So uh, you take the file boxes. Yeah, one of the things that it's uh, I guess everyone knows it, but uh, you put in the back of your mind, is that while we design record storage boxes, uh, and they sit in our centers, they spend a great amount of time at our clients' first before we get them. We may sell them to them, or yeah. they may buy them on their own from any retailer out there. But uh, clients don't want to spend a whole lot of time assembling boxes. They actually spend more money on their own than we, as record center owners, charge them for our internal boxes. And they like other options, like the ability to, to file things easily and things like that. So we divided, uh, we've developed um, you know, dividers that record centers can sell their clients that fit inside of our boxes, other tools to work with. Wow. We've also provided the first compliant box in the world. We have the ability for a client to hide all the information under our lid, which gives them a great deal of, um, of protection, a great deal of confidence that the information won't be leaked. And you just kind of see it to understand it. But if you, anyone visits our website, to be able to understand what I'm saying, but for the most part, most boxes, all the information is visible anywhere. Right on the end. And ends. with our boxes, it's not.
0: Yeah, it's and that that was something really cool to me. So the the, the lid comes down and covers all of the writing that would be used uh, by a by a client. Uh, which I, I thought was amazing. The other thing I loved about your stuff was this this wonderful array of color that you guys seem to have. What what was the genesis of that? Is that more a marketing thing for a local record center shredding company?
2: Yeah, it was um, it was an experiment to show record centers, hey, we can do things differently. We don't have to have uh, just craft if you don't want to. The fact that this box will sit in your client's location or it's being transported back and forth. Uh, you, know, you, you your box is a great billboard, a great oh, advertising yeah. platform, so spend a little extra money on l- letting people look at it, and and, and maybe you get a phone call or another client through that process. Um, so that that's what that was about. The other cool feature, which is um, a unique feature in patent pending also, is a locking feature. It's the first box where you can actually lock the lid to the box, and that's a huge feature for compliance or privacy also.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's fabulous, and that that's built right into your your whole system, so it's easy to to wrap the zip ties or whatever they need, even even uh, ID tags around
2: those. That's absolutely right. Yeah. ID tags or zip tags, either one of them work with the box.
0: Yeah, very cool. Uh, you also you've kind of taken it a step further, and you're even doing like kids boxes and stuff. Well, why why explore that category? Is there a bigger you know is that this is obviously bigger than record centers and shredding companies?
2: Yes, we have. Uh, like I said, we've 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 developed a whole line of recycle containers that are made from corrugated materials that have a lower price point than the hard containers that we're used to buying. Yeah. So. You're able to buy, normally you have a client that's a, a slower client that you're not going to develop a whole lot of paper in. You can put a corrugated container in there that will lock at the same time too and still collect service fees and, like, and do that. But you were leading to these other containers, which I think are very cool. Yeah, We have a, uh, a, the new containers that are similar to the file boxes, but they're about 75% of size. They're designed to hold about 20 or so pounds, and they have kid size handles on them. We think it's a great new market, a new market for uh, uh, boxes for kids, being yeah. kids at school, college kids. And then we have the same version that we call a utility box for adults. So they can put it underneath their desk. These same boxes are designed to fit into the normal file box. We call them Zozos. But these little Zozos really work well. They have components inside of them to store little things inside of them, but they're utility boxes you can use for almost anything. Yeah. <laughs> Very neat. What we use them for also from the record center side is utility, is we use them for delivery. So a client wants a file or things like this. Instead of delivering it in a big old file box, we deliver it in the smaller ones and then clients really like it.
0: Cool. Oh, that's very cool. But with the color and vibrance of these things, I, I just think they're 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 fabulous. So um, the, the question that I think comes then is with I, I think there was one more thing that I, I remember you showing me was the triple wall thing that actually um, gives this box this strength that, you know, a strength that is unheard of in the box business?
2: Yes. What we've done is we, we have, uh, we designed a box so it's very simple. So we have a base box. The base box comes with double side and double wall all the way around and yeah. a double bottom. That's okay, standard box. And then what we have is a lid. If a client, a record center, wants a two-piece box, we'd make them in mass production for that, for that client to have a two-piece box. But more unique is we created a patent-pending lid that is a two-in-one lid. This lid can convert to become a one-piece box for the box, or it can convert to become a two-piece box, very, very secure. Right. And along the same lines, we created an insert. I created this insert, which also becomes part of the box system. So... When this insert is dropped in the box, which literally takes two seconds to drop it in the box, and the sides are folded down.
0: It just, like, makes it a triple wall box, then.
2: Right. It's triple walled all the way around. Right. And all of a sudden, that box goes from a high-capacity box, and, and for a stacking ability, to a box that will hold over 1,300 pounds, which makes it one of the strongest boxes in the industry. Wow. 1,300 pounds. So 1,300 Definitely.
0: pounds of downward pressure on that box as long as it Absolutely was even, right. I assume. But you know, even pressure on that box, it can hold 1,300 pounds. So you can stack 30 boxes on that sucker.
2: Absolutely right.
0: <laughs> Not that you would do that, but you can. <laughs> but you could. Cool. Uh, so for the record centers that guarantee their boxes, this is a good way to go.
2: It's a great way to go. you got a nice quality box. You're going to have a box that has less chance of failure. And the big thing, Tom, is that You know, we've all worked in record centers, we've owned record centers, and uh, I'm guilty of the same thing. We're always looking for the least expensive box out there, and it's always plain Jane. But the box has multiple functions. Yes, we want to store things inside of it, but let's take advantage of the fact that it's sitting in our client's venue for a long period of time and could have our name on it, attract some attention, and get a little business. At the same time, what I've done here is I've designed a box that is now a premium box, which competes with the big guys that are out there now a record center can demand a higher price for a box if they yeah. want or they can charge you know a very modest price if they want to but now they're selling a premium box that can make look fantastic the cool lines the things our clients are looking for at a very very modest price
0: and 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 this comes back to my question i mean the question comes back to me cuz you're a record center owner uh, and you obviously, I would assume, you've been trying to sell this to your clients. How do clients react to a premium box? We, I think we all believe we have this predisposition that, that clients only want cheap boxes. But are you finding that to be true?
2: No, it's just it certainly is not true. Uh, the clients tell us over and over again through survey a couple things they don't want. They don't like to assemble boxes, period. They don't want to waste the time and try to figure out the puzzle on how to do it. Right. You know, at $15 an hour, Tom, uh, one minute is 25, 25 cents. Right. So if it takes a minute, that's about what it takes. A client may, a client may take two minutes to assemble a box because so they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. You know, two minutes to assemble a box, they spend 50 cents. With, do you want to spend the box saving 50 cents or spend it on a better box? Maybe you spend a quarter of it, you know, on a better box. It makes it easier for a client to do this sort of thing. But well, they don't. Uh, they're very happy with the, the service and the product that was given to you. Yeah. If you look at what comes into our record centers. We get these very expensive six, seven, eight nine seven, eight dollar, nine dollar boxes in our record centers every single day. Yeah. That's telling us clients want something different. They want a premium box, something that looks nice, that's easier to assemble. Well, we have an automatic lid. We have an automatic body. It works out extremely well. And here's a box now where a client, a record center, can increase their ROI by just letting a client know, hey, which one do you want? Do you want this, the old box I had? Or you want this little premium box with these cool accessories and this cool look? Well, you're going to have clients that don't want to spend any extra money, but the preponderance of them are going to say, yes, I like the nicer box. I'm willing to spend a little more money for it. And that ROI of that record center is going to go up.
0: Yeah. Now, that, that's, that's, that to me, what, which wasn't one of the cool things that seemed to be really cool about it, it's when you look at a, a traditional box and you look at this one, I, my gut is that, People out there that we're selling these to are going to like the cool box. They're really going to like that one. And, you know, for the few pennies of difference in their minds for the old box versus the new kind of box, I, it it makes sense to me. So very cool.
2: Yes. Yeah. So, Tom, it's just like, you know, I, I have an iPhone. You know. Yeah. Uh, AT&T is more than willing to give me a free phone out there. I don't want it. I'm willing to spend money to right. buy an iPhone, which happens not to have a warranty. <laughs> And pay a premium on the on the monthly service because I think it's cooler. Right. It, I, I make phone calls on it. I still get my email. I can get it on the free phone too. But I prefer to pay extra money on the iPhone. I think clients feel the same way.
0: Well, and and from my perspective, because I live and breathe and think marketing all the time, one one of the things for me that <clears> that is i think we miss so often in our world is that our world is full of the the success comes from the interesting stuff um the 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 people and the companies that are willing to do interesting and creative stuff and unique stuff uh tend to get attention it just happens and you know i i recognize that our industry is infinitely boring but you know a a simple box change how you present a box can be an an area of interest that actually produces a a positive result i would think
2: i agree with you 100% i have taken some time to what i think has fundamentally changed the box forever yeah whether it's us or the competition we have they're going to have to look at it differently by yeah. so providing some cool features compliance features ergonomics and things like this so Moving forward, it gives us a big opportunity to do something different. Here's a different-looking box that's going to attract attention to it that is very good for, for use by our clients. And if you know, with our partnership with Pratt and you know, our distribution channels we have, we have unbelievable distribution and capacity. And, and like I said, uh, this, box is will be, this box will be available all over the world in the next 90 to 120 days. So it's going to be something that's going to get a lot of notoriety and if record centers jump on it, I think it would be um, a good play for them, an opportunity to have better print quality, a lot more attention to the to their record centers too.
0: Yeah, very cool. Hey, we have blown through a whole lot of minutes very quickly, and it's it's so cool to talk to you because uh, I, I think what you're doing is really cool. But um, before we end this conversation, I always like to ask some some other questions because I, I think what you're doing with Legal Bloss is really amazing. But, I, you know, this Will person... To me, you yourself are are, are a really interesting person as well. So, a couple of questions just to to narrow in on who Will is. So, Will, what is your perfect vehicle? What is the vehicle that Will loves to drive?
2: (laughs) Well, I've been a big uh, BMW fan for a couple of decades, and I think I've had 17 BMWs. Really? My dream car. Uh, hopefully, I buy one soon. I want a, a new. I want
0: a new Porsche GT3. Is what I want. Oh, the GT3, very cool. You've you've had a couple of professions. You're like a former Wall Street dude, and you've run record centers, and now you're running this uh, box manufacturing uh, ergonomic enterprise. Um, but if you could do a profession uh, other than the ones you've already done, and you could go back and do it again, what other profession would you have loved to have attempted?
2: Um, I always wanted to be a professional race car driver, uh, Formula One driver.
0: Wow, Formula One. Well, you—you've
2: racing. I raced for a long time. Yeah, you've I've raced done,
0: BMWs, uh, right, on the BMW race circuit.
2: Yeah, yeah. I've done. I was uh, uh, SCCA national champion and BMW champion. And, but uh, my dream, and I'm too old for it now. But uh, I was fascinated with driving these 200 mile an hour rocket cars.
0: Wow. Very cool. Hey, if you could have lunch with one incredible person you've never met but you greatly admire and followed for years, who would it be?
2: Wow, that's a tough one. Steven Spielberg.
0: Spielberg. Wow. Okay. That's an interesting Very creative one. Creative guy. Yeah. Okay. And finally, uh, I know you know you're getting. I, I think you're about my age. You might be a little bit younger than me, but. Um, you know, when we get to our age, we've got this bucket list of things that we still want to do in our lifetime. What's your current priority?
2: Uh, I like to travel, you know, um, I have, uh, young children. I like them to see the world and I like to find time to be able to do that with them. I think it's important for me to do that. And, um, I like to spend uh, quality time with the people that are close to me and my friends.
0: Cool. Well, Will, it's been a pleasure. I am uh, I'm cheering for you in this uh, this Bleagal bloss adventure that you're on. I think it's it's really cool, and it was a pleasure to see you at the show and see your team at the show and see what you're doing. I I, th- I thought it was really cool, and I wanted uh, to include you on the first show after the the Prism Conference just to um, you know to. To let other people hear about what you're doing, which I think is amazing. So, thanks for being a part of the show today. Um, I'm proud to have you on the show, and I look forward to hearing how this thing goes as it unfolds in the next sixty to ninety days.
2: Well, thank you, Tom, and I want to thank everybody for the level of interest and the flood of emails and uh, uh, requests for samples that we're getting, and and uh, requests for quotes is just uh, mind blowing for us. We anticipated a level of success, but uh, Nothing at the level that we're receiving right now on the uh, on the new products that we have. So um, we're very excited, and thank you for your support. Also, alrighty, good chatting to you. We'll talk soon. All right, bye bye.
0: Well, 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 well. Yep, check out Legal Bloss' website to see some of the cool stuff they are doing. I think just by listening to. Uh, The conversation that Will and I just had, uh, you've gotta be intrigued by what they're doing and in a purely verbal interaction, it's hard to see if you didn't see them at the conference last week. It's hard to kind of get in your head some of the implications of the ergonomic structure that Will was describing. So uh, you'll find a link on the RIMProReport.com website, back to the BelegalBloss.com website, and you need to go take a look at that. Am. Hey, and thanks again to our good friends at O'Neill Software for their sponsorship of the show Be sure to register now uh, if you're uh, one of their clients for the 2011 Strategic Partner Conference, which is September 14th to 16th in Huntington Beach. I spoke at that conference last year and was notably impressed By the value this conference provides its users, the O'Neill users, and the attendees. One thing I really love about O'Neill is their obvious and outright commitment to charitable giving, and this year will be no different. So uh, if that's of interest to you and you're part of the O'Neill family, then be sure to check that conference out at O'Neillsoft.com dot com next week well like i said interesting things interesting people as always if you've got something you want to share with us give us a call send us an email or respond however you want but ultimately we'd love to hear from you that's it for this week it's been a good one we are out of here